0: Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at 5starchemicals.com.
1: Dr. Look!
0: Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew.
1: Exactly.
2: All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Here we are again. Dr. Homebrew back on the air here to talk to you about your homebrew creations, otherwise known as homebrew. contaminated beer. No, oh. I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, Lee, homebrew.
3: Homebrew, yeah. homebrew. No, we're not
2: talking about your beer. We're homebrew. not talking about my beer. Oh, no. my God. My beer is terrible.
3: Yeah, you keep telling us that. It's we, terrible. Maybe it's a good thing you never bring it.
2: You start a new show called Dr. Horrible Brew. <laughs>
3: yeah. Where
2: we feature all JP's beers. Yes, all the time. That's just my beer. That's all it is. Right. I don't know what my problem is. I think because I don't care anymore. You really have to, you know, you really have to give a shit if you're going to have a hobby. I've realized that.
3: And yet you run the show.
2: Do you drink, yeah. the, you drink the beer? Well, so maybe or I feel mean, like the show is hobby. maybe
4: more of a hobby than the homebrewing. <laughs>
3: exactly. exactly. Yeah, you think so? I mean, he could do Dr. Horticulture just as well.
5: Uh, well, yeah. yeah, does he brew good
2: beer? No, but he's got a great personality. Yeah. I've got a green thumb. I don't even have that. I kill oh, everything girl. I plant.
3: That's because you dipped it in the salsa.
2: That's true. Because you dump like your salsa. beer on it. Now I'm hungry for salsa. Green. Yeah
3: too late you're Me stuck too. you've got an hour before you can have s- <laughs> you may not have the salsa
2: bev just ate a giant dessert i want salsa is it salsa ice cream
4: i love chips <laughs> chips are the best
2: uh, whatever anyway here we are once again dr homebrew uh before we get into it though i want to thank our sponsor five star you can go to five star and learn all about what it means to properly clean and sanitize your homebrew there is no You know, clean, sanitize, same step kind of a thing. you got to do one step and then the other. Yeah.
3: Mm. What are their safety products?
2: Uh, Safety products?
3: Yeah, that's what it says in the intro. Safety and cleaning.
2: They have gloves and boots and aprons and goggles and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So you can get uh, fully outfitted because you don't want to star sand your eyeball. Sanitary nose rings. I think so. Yeah,
3: yeah. For, yeah. for those who want to sport them, that's true. Yeah, okay. that's Full body true. condoms.
2: Yeah, it's a whole thing, man. They got a whole. I got a whole line of personal safety products. Yeah, actually, yeah. most
3: nose. A lot of nose rings are stainless, so it's probably. it's true. There, they can be autoclaved and put back in place.
2: Or they're bone. If you're like one of those weird hipsters.
3: Yeah, that's a different story. That's a different
6: story. Or an aboriginal.
2: Or an aboriginal. Yes, thanks. The difference being, Bev says from <laughs> across the room. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Bev. You did great. Okay, so we have a cool show uh, lined up. We have um, we have Ernie in the studio, right? Mm. There we go. Yeah, I'm actually here. Hi, Ernie. How are you, buddy? Doing great, thanks. Um, well, I said the name because I'm I'm terrible at names. I don't know. Uh, my psychologist says because I, I don't care about people, but that's not true. Whatever his name is.
1: Um, or hobbies. And then you didn't
2: say anything. I'm like, five. I up. I fucked it up.
1: Well, no, I go by multiple names, too, so. Oh, okay. Are you yeah. Steve also? I, I'm Steve, and I'm also Ernesto.
5: Okay. Ernesto. Burnett? Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like Tootsie. It's very crazy.
5: Right. And I assumed he was Canadian, because he, he brews in metric. And he's really polite. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, Ernie, that, your yes. beer is a, uh, the base beer is a stout, and uh, uh, um
3: of undetermined character.
2: Yeah, Lee was grilling you before the show started, and you're
1: like, I'm not going to commit. <laughs> what kind of stout <laughs> Which is, is probably smart. It, well, you know, that's what happens when you've gone through two marriages. You don't like
2: to
3: commit. You don't like to All commit,
2: right. and that's true. So you we can learn a lot learn it. if
3: it's a dry stout or an RAS. <laughs>
2: uh, but then you have coffee and chocolate added, and then you aged it in a bourbon barrel that was uh, once used for maple syrup. Yeah, so, this What's is, wrong with you? This is
1: an experiment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. It's a pretty good one. How do you get – first of all, I, I wasn't aware that maple syrup was aged in barrels. Uh, bourbon there's, bar- a,
1: there's a whiskey company up in Woodenville, Washington okay. that takes their small bourbon barrels, eight-gallon mm-hmm. size. Um, it is hard for me to do those conversions in my head. Yeah. 30 liters. Okay. Uh, and then after they use it for bourbon once, they put maple syrup in it for six months. And then they sell them off to people like us. And they sell the syrup. Take, and they sell the syrup. Bourbon Take, take aged.
3: it the syrup make pancakes flambé, I guess. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I bet yeah. that's great. it mm. <laughs> with some pecans.
2: Now That'd I want to nice. try some. Oh, now Bev's hungry again. Come on, Bev.
6: So where do we
4: order that?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Lee's <laughs> house, I guess. Maybe I'm kidding. That sounds amazing.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I might have to try and whip some of this up this weekend. There you
2: go.
5: She's driving make up some to bourbon go. and some
3: maple syrup. Make pancakes.
1: Get some pecans. Oh, man.
3: Yeah. Some <laughs> cool. good imperial stout or something to go with it. Bring Maybe some of this. Bring some show. extra bottles.
1: I, I brought one extra bottle. You can take it. Awesome. Huh? See?
2: There you go, Lee. Things are coming up Lee already. Right. They'll keep,
6: right?
3: Mix it into the batter. Yeah, yeah they'll keep. Yeah. They'll he'll, keep.
2: he'll make them tomorrow, and then he'll bring them in on the next show. It'll be fine. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and then we're going to talk to Peter Munoz, home brewer extraordinaire, um, about uh, peach sour ale. Or yeah. just fly on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Just fly on the wall. Just fly on the wall. <laughs> Pretty much. I like Munoz fly. No. The old Brendel fly thing. I like it. It's what it is. No. I'm not changing it. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That won't help.
3: (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Wrong show. Yeah, wrong show. Almost. Uh,
2: But Peter has a a pretty good peach ale. Actually, it's extraordinary. Thank you. Uh, And it's sour, of course, and uh, we're going to talk to you about that. Okay. And, uh, you know, the guys have judged it a little bit and uh, mainly because I I just it's hard to get a a clean tasting sour beer, which is kind of an oxymoron, I guess. But uh, but you seem to have done it and you have this pretty nice balance. So uh, so this is clean. Check it out. I think it's. Yeah. (laughs) But then again, I drink my own homebrew. So, yeah, I know. Right. I'm partially, uh, you know, impartially balanced towards uh, contaminated beers. Sorry, Peter. No problem. Uh, problem. uh, But I think that'll be fun. Right.
5: It should be, yeah. It
2: will. <laughs> it's Peter. He's always fun. Peter's fun, man. Peter. Peter makes some good beers, and uh, we're going to talk about him like I was not here.
5: Going through random shit in my garage the other day, and I came across some pictures of, of Peter and I at at NHC and like oh two, yeah, two
6: thousand eight. That, was, that right? was a long time ago. That's N- not.
5: Yeah, was it NHC or was it NCHF?
6: Probably NCHF. N-CHF.
5: I get my N and you
2: have actual, mixed up actual yeah. photos like film developed I, yeah like well, I printed them out
5: for my homebrew club at the time just you to show old. how much fun NCHF was
6: so was that get, the really long night
5: more than just 5 people to go you know or whatever it's
6: like okay yeah that those that, that was the really long night yeah yeah i remember that one as opposed to just a long it. night it was a really long night yeah. Yeah. Epic.
2: you know yeah. you had a good time at a homebrew event where you have to uh, define which night was the really long one because they're all really long, right? Or usually. No, no. No?
6: It was a long night. Well, that's what just, I mean. Like,
5: m- most of them remember, are, are I, pretty
6: long, I but but this one was remember coming spectacularly home. long. Epic, epic
5: Dead Palace Society. Yeah.
6: Yes, it was very epic.
5: Yeah. Um, yeah.
6: Yeah. My wife was very unhappy that, <laughs> <laughs> that trip.
2: Uh, and then nine months later. George came along. No, no, no. Was, no, he was
6: there. No, he was there. He's yeah. always been there.
5: She was unhappy the next morning because she yeah. had to take care of him by herself. Oh, she had two
2: kids. Yeah, she had two kids. Yeah.
3: One was very One sick. of whom was sick, and, <laughs> and the other of whom was filling a diaper at that point in time. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was filling diapers I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure that time. which was Peter.
2: Right. One was filling a diaper, and the other was,
3: was a small <laughs> was child. Yeah. yeah. After that night, yeah.
2: That's probably like the good thing about traveling with a kid and your wife, because you have just a supply of diapers. It's right. There's no excuse yeah. to put one. Why wouldn't you have, put one on? You we don't always have to hide. clothes. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? So
6: if, if you get dirty, we could you know change your clothes. <laughs> and always got have white, wipes, Andy. Clean wipes, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Peter, this, is t- this is turning into a
5: We're to use some of
3: those supplies <laughs> here. This
5: place is like a pigsty.
3: <laughs> it is. That's right. We should all be required dirty to wear table. diapers the moment we walk in.
5: I think we really should. People peeing themselves. You know what I really
2: need is those underwears with the that carbon filter me. on them. Because oh. I'm real gassy and I'm trying to hold it in, but I don't want to hold it in, but I don't want to like burn everybody out.
4: I'm sorry. Those are a thing.
5: Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. They have another kind where you can filter your own pee so you can drink it?
2: or <laughs> Like in Dune? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need a bio suit. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to take a break. Because um, I think Lee is. Uh, ready I'm getting for
3: it. nauseous. I gotta go throw
2: up. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a break, and then when we come back, we're gonna be uh, talking with Ernie, Ernesto, Steve, whatever his name is, about his barrel-aged stout. Uh, it sounds pretty cool. I'm actually really excited to.
5: other name was Daniel. To
2: drink that thing. <laughs> That's right. We're just naming him everybody in the studio um, because uh, you know why not. And uh, anyway, we will be back right after this. Stick with us.
4: Hello fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a backhouse in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then the internet hadn't been invented yet along with other things we take for granted today like electricity and potable water one thing i wish i had back then when i was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that i had about homebrewing a resource for making great craft beer the 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Daisy Crack Games.
0: Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making.
2: That's it! I've had it! I am never putting hops in my beer again!
0: What? Why?
2: It's just too ridiculous! Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection? Dude,
0: you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f-ing face right the f-ing off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals in. Anywhere. Holy fing sh NicoBrew.com, N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology and beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to Craft. CraftBeer.com and click on Beer Styles to start the guide. Plus, enjoy the rest of CraftBeer.com, the brewer's banter blogs, beer education, how to host a beer tasting, and the invaluable Draft Quality Manual. Tons of great content that makes your beer better. Visit the new CraftBeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion, camaraderie, and creativity of the craft beer community. CraftBeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer your brewing water can be a mystery. If it's good enough to drink, it's good enough to brew with, right? We all know to perfect certain styles of beer, proper water chemistry is vital, but running water tests can be complicated and expensive, but not anymore. Industrial Test Systems is proud to introduce the new Smart Brew Water Testing Kits, incorporating the exact iDip Smart Photometer System, the only photometer on the market that harnesses the power of the smartphone and runs water tests without you doing a pile of calculations. The iDip features two-way Bluetooth communication with the brain of the system, which is its own multilingual app. This allows limitless possibilities including lab accuracy, free upgrades, test customization over 35 available, mobile sharing, and more. You can keep a detailed history of your results, email your water report to other brewers, or share it on social media. Visit smartbrewkit.com now and learn more about the iDip photometer and all the tests it can do for you. The examination.
2: All right, everyone, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, love that music.
3: So pretty portentous, you know?
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's like something's actually
3: about to happen.
2: Something cool is about to happen. It always happens. I'm Dr. Homebrew. It's the coolest show. Like beers exploding. On the Brewing Network. Yeah, I'll break a little gusher, but that's towels fine.
3: flying across the room.
2: Oh. We did good. We d- did good. Our trauma team, uh, you know, got towels. Successfully we successfully prevented-,
3: prevented an exploding bottle from cascading down the two or three dozen jacks feeding into the bottom back <laughs> of the mixing board that was about six inches
5: away from it. Prevented Jackson's exactly. yeah. precious board from being zapped. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, Okay, we
2: have Ernesto, Ernie, right? Yes. All right, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Perfect. Thanks for uh, coming in. We always like having people in the studio. It's a lot of fun to come down. It's a good time. Uh, So how long have you been homebrewing, my friend?
1: I have been homebrewing for 12 years now. Okay. The first 10 years, I brewed maybe once a year with a buddy who taught me, Bill, and then the bastard moved uh, to, to Utah. What a dick. Yeah. Oh, man. So I had now to,
3: he's stuck brewing 3-2, huh? Yeah. yeah, exactly. May he be
2: cursed with 12
1: wives. <laughs> uh, so uh, when he moved away, I bought my own brewing system and started brewing myself. And uh, I brew about uh, once or twice a month now.
2: Awesome. All grain, I imagine.
1: Uh, yeah. He's, he okay. had an all grain system to start with. He had a more beer sculpture. It was gorgeous. And uh, I continue to do all grain right now. Cool. Wow! Sounds you great. Bought a
5: German system, huh?
1: I did. I bought a Braumeister. Oh, there you go. Ah. Those things
2: are badass, man. I played around with those when I was at Morbier and uh,
1: they're great. They, they I are. They are really nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the beer you guys are judging today is kind of an experiment, but I've had some. Uh, I had some really nice ones, uh, German Weizen that went into the second round of NHC that uh, everybody loved. Oh great! How did it do in the second round? Uh, thirty-seven, but it didn't go on any further. That's pretty good, man. Right mm-hmm. for the
2: second. I mean, second round beers. When you get those, yeah, thirty-seven, those... you don't go through. That's
5: that's a heartbreaker, man. Like, well, you know, somebody else brewed a forty-plus point beer, and
1: exactly. Well, the real heartbreaker was the forty-two point beer that I brewed in the first round that didn't yeah. go through.
2: Ugh. Uh, why is that? Tell me. Remind me why that. I mean, I know why, but I forget why. Well,
5: you you can get less experienced judges in the first round. Um, sometimes, you know, you end up having. You, well, I mean, we you involve all the judges you can when you're when you're organizing a, a round of judging for one of the the regions. Um, and you know, I mean, you're not bringing in a lot of novices, but there's going to be a lot more apprentice and um, rec- recognized judges. You know, in the first to certified national master. But, okay. yeah, in the first round. And, you know, everybody that's at NHC judging the, the finals, you know, you, you work, you're sitting across, oh, there's Gordon Strong over there, there's, you know, there's Piaz, there's, you know. All these, all these homebrewing uh, legends. Yes.
3: Okay. And sometimes there's just bottle bottle variation when it's a different bottle.
5: They even yeah. let me judge there. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> so, like, but if it's a 42 and doesn't go through in the first round, it just because there's beers that are higher than that?
5: Yeah.
3: Stiff
1: competition? It's not because of best of show? Well, it was a mini best of show thing. So. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it could be. Hmm. So, Stuff. you know, mini best of show judge just didn't like it as much as the first round.
2: It happens. Let's hunt him down. Nah.
1: <laughs> Shake him like a I'm baby. I'm okay. I've done a little judging now, so I'm, I'm somewhat sympathetic to the plight go. of the judges. Is
3: it me
2: or are there yeah. more people getting into, into beer judging?
3: Yeah, there are more people getting into it. It's good. actually been pretty popular for for people to try and do the last couple of years. Okay, good. I know I've, d- I've done a few classes, and it's like lots of people want to get in.
1: <laughs> yes, and we'd like to see one of you guys do another class. <laughs> I'm supposed to – I'm trying to take the test in December, so. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, Brian, that's yours, yeah. I think. <laughs>
5: that's
2: mine. You're up, Brian. Um, okay, so tell me about this beer. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, uh, but uh, what per- what uh, prompted you to go for a
1: maple bourbon barrel? aged beer well
2: did you run across that on a forum or something or how, how do you uh, how do you come up with that idea the
1: the same bastard who moved to utah uh decided he wanted me to brew a barrel-aged beer and i, I had never done any barrel-aged stuff i'd, I'd thrown some wood chips and some beer occasionally but i'd never yeah. actually done a barrel yeah. and so he bought me a bourbon barrel uh and he was looking at the website for buying the bourbon barrel and said, hey, maple looks really fun. Let's, let's throw that in, too.
5: <laughs> throw him a monkey wrench. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, uh, so he threw me, threw me the challenge of uh, finding a, a beer I could put into that barrel, and uh, I, I kind of took some ideas from uh, the founder's Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Okay. And uh, it isn't a clone of that beer by any means, but you, that kind of gave me the inspiration. That's and your I starting point. And I put together a recipe based on that. Okay. Awesome.
2: Uh, let's get into it, Lee. Why don't you uh, Why don't you take us to uh, to heaven here, buddy?
3: To beer, beer beer, heaven, depart yeah. here, Lee.
2: Yeah.
3: Wow, this is just metaphor city here tonight. <laughs> All right, let's throw the monkey wrench in with the monkey still holding on. Um, <clears throat> so, there's one um, thing that made it a, t- a touch challenging um, formally to judge this beer. Was he said it was a stout, but didn't say what kind.
2: Yeah, so, non-committal. It,
3: it, it, non-committal was the word. Yes. So, which <laughs> which is fine. It's great for drinking and enjoying. It gives you lots to talk about. Um, <clears throat> if you're going to judge the beer, though, usually, if you have a style you're shooting for, the, your interpretation of is this beer too style or not, which is a big part of the the judging operation, um, you know what to shoot for. If you don't, you kind of leave the judges guessing. So this might impact your score a bit because. I initially thought, oh, this is like an RAS with all that stuff. And then, no, it's more like an American stout or maybe a foreign export. And then after talking with Ernie about the recipe earlier, now it's probably more just like an oatmeal stout, but it's about a 1090. It's like an imperial oatmeal stout, <laughs> which, okay, I mean, it's great. I, I can see that, but I wasn't quite sure how to peg some of the stout characteristics to that. So, but, whatever, like, here's what we got. Knowing now what he didn't know then— I'll I'll say what I knew then. Um, Lee adjusts
2: on the fly. Watch and marvel.
3: No, Peter's sitting over there. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. so aroma in this (laughs) guy. A big initial dose of coffee, which persists pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a spicy hot pepper note, kind of a green pepper, chili pepper aroma in here. Um, Some chocolate emerges in the nose and a low bourbon note. And some hints of wood and vanilla in there as well. Um, The appearance, it poured uh, a large, tan, fine foam, which persists pretty well. Black in color, almost opaque. I could just barely see my uh, phone... Uh, flash light flash through it. So it was just barely not opaque Um, in the flavor. Coffee, sweet green and slightly hot chili peppers again. Lower notes of cocoa roast ashy bourbon wood and um, vanilla. Sorry, my handwriting's not always the best here. And uh, I got a touch of maple there as well, which gives a nice sort of hint, a nice little subtle t- touch in there. Hmm. It's a nice balance. Um, hops are low, pretty much out of sight, just playing a supporting role. There's a grainy, woody uh, mineral, almost astringency in the finish. Very low, though. This is not a, a big issue, um, but it, it was something that I did notice, um, which isn't very nice, but it wasn't very big. Um, other than that, the finish is dryish and complex. All the different spe- So it's interesting. All the different specialty flavors, the coffee, mm-hmm. the bourbon, the wood, the maple, they all come through here. And for the most part, the coffee is fairly strong, but it's not over the top like it is in a lot of coffee beers. So that was nice. The bourbon, the wood, and the maple were all kind of nice touches, subtlety, balance. So that was actually, I thought, pretty well done.
2: Yeah, they were uh, they were segmented, yet they, they, they kind of transitioned from one to the other. And then in the finish, I get... Uh, some of that wood pushed through, and then some maple, and then kind of some barrel stuff again. And yeah. Was, uh, it, yeah, a lot or, of it or, just sort of
3: comes through in the finish. Exactly. coffee.
2: Yeah, and then and then coffee after that. It was very uh, fluid that way. Yeah, like you know. coffee. Like coffee. Like coffee yeah. is fluid, or yeah. like wood, no which way. is wait.
3: Fuck, I you got have to that work wrong. to make that fluid. I'm not very good. Yeah, you're doing fine. Fluid wood. Why not? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, why not? Medium-high body, medium-to-medium-high carbonation, a bit in the high side perhaps. Um, not too bad, though. Not hot, though definitely alcoholic. Um, has a roast, roasty, woody, minerally character, which lends it a bit of astringency. Not, not a lot, but it's there. I thought it was kind of to style as a lighter foreign export stout or as an American stout, but a, not, not a hoppy one which I, mean, I guess from what he a, a related to us today as a high-gravity oatmeal stout, it's yeah, roughly that territory, but probably boozier. Um, I thought it was a very t- tasty stout. Uh, manages to balance a long list of specialty additions in a pretty appealing and subtle matter, almost. The, the, the odd thing about this was this bell pepper chili pepper flavor I was getting. And that is something that, I find in a lot of coffee beers, and even in some styles without mm-hmm. coffee, or although sometimes I wonder if they 're just not declared and i don 't know exactly where it comes from I, I think it comes from process how people process the coffee, but i 've read so many different theories that all contradict each other it 's hard to make real sense out of what 's actually doing
2: i think it 's because if you use any sort of the the bean itself and not make the coffee first, um, it also has to do with the roast level. It might. If you have if you have these kind of lighter to medium body yeah, roast, those theories are out there. You get uh, you, you get that because I can get that flavor in actual coffee, like a Kenyan, like a light roasted Kenyan, who mm-hmm. has a little blueberry, but it can get that green that yeah. green pepper. So thing it might too. be
3: a light roast coffee. Well, what sort of coffee did you put in?
1: I I did two coffee additions. Mm-hmm. I did okay. one coffee addition at the end of the boil, which was a uh, Sumatran. Okay. coffee mm-hmm. and then i did another coffee addition that i i cold pressed coffee and added it to secondary and that was kona coffee
2: okay
3: right. How, um, I, i've heard everything from you know adding it before the boil to dry beaning it will be will get you this flavor yeah that's I, everything pretty if much if you
2: use so. the did you use the actual bean itself no like no ground I, I ground both of them and but, both of them were ground
3: but, but you added the coffee not the solids
1: in the boil yes. i added the solids to the boil that's where you oh. get it from okay. ground so th- Maybe that's where it's coming from. That, that's and then where it's coming from. In the secondary, I, I did it. not add, add the solids. I only added the cold pressed coffee. Yeah, okay. I guarantee. That's it. interesting. All
3: right, JP guarantees it. I guarantee it. That's that's another theory. We we I, th- I think we should make it a mission to really hunt this one down. Actually, and give a, a solid answer for this. It, I
2: mean, it you know coming from a pseudo coffee background, that's that's what I've been able to chase it down. And I talk about that on the session all the time. Whenever anybody comes on with a coffee beer, I talk to them about how they do it. And nine times out of ten, it has that coffee that 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 flavor uh, because they're adding they're using the actual solids, with, um, or it's a lighter roast coffee.
3: So you, so you, you got to go avoid f- solids and avoid light roast. Yeah,
2: go do- it's so the too sumatra like from cold press. Yeah, coffee press. Um, uh, you know, do that or like a, like a double strength. Um,
3: What's your coffee cred?
2: i worked at starbucks for three years and then um i started the uh coffee brand at uh, more beer more coffee oh well so there's some are you not <laughs> s- i did some are you cupping. not
3: supposed to say you work at starbucks no i love just, i loved working at starbucks rep- oh no okay great yeah
2: i used to i don't do that anymore clearly okay. no i loved it Star- i recommend working at starbucks for any anybody in their 20s actually it was you know, amazing they, they treat
3: their people pretty well there <laughs> hell I'm yeah i'm a big do. fan of the coffee but yeah uh.
2: yeah you get benny's part-time it's great.
5: much more fun what do you than mean? hurting beer you, judges.
2: They, you can buy into the benefits oh, program oh, benefits. only as part-time. Okay. Yeah. Right.
6: right. pretty oh, good. That's excellent, yeah. yeah. I thought
5: you were talking about some kind of a pill.
2: Yeah, they, yeah.
6: they don't just give you benefits.
2: No. You got to buy them. Yeah, I know, right? Entitlement yeah. is terrible. Um, but like, uh, you know, so when I started, uh, there was a lot of coffee training off-site, but now it's kind of all in store. They've kind of solidified it. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of, of pretty good, rigorous tasting, and then uh, working for more coffee, um, I got to go to some bean suppliers and do a lot of cupping and flavor, uh, you know, classes and spider grass and all that kind of shit. And just kind of, you know, and then home roasting coffee, you just
6: you
5: play around with a bunch of crap. It is fun tasting coffees side by side. There's there are huge differences in the flavors you get.
6: Yeah, just And like, did, were you able to get that green pepper flavor from the coffee?
2: I, sometimes I, you can pick it up in, in in the aroma when you do when you do cuppings. Um, you can break it. You know, you break the cap. Uh, which, so basically you just put like coarse ground coffee in a little cup and then you add water to it and then you let it sit for like two minutes and you, you break the, all the grinds float to the top and you kind of push them away and smell. And that's that first initial dose of pungency of aroma that you're okay. going to get. Sometimes you can get that with a lighter, a lighter coffee or an inferior coffee sometimes too.
1: So you're saying I shouldn't have bought my coffee from Safeway.
2: <laughs> well, what brand was it? I don't know. Uh, no, it was actually Pete's. Oh yeah, you did fine. I'm yeah. sure. But uh, but I I mean seriously, try it try it again. But just do the cold press, and that's you know now that you've so
6: think, by you putting know, it in the hot side at the end like at the end of boil that would have caused that. That's Possible. what that's
2: what I think. It's it's the organic it's the solids matter. Solids in the hot side. It's the solids, not huh. the liquid. Put the liquid in. Do a double strength. Uh, because if you just make a normal pot of coffee and you put it in, then you're watering down your, you know, your beer. But you know, do it, yeah, do a double strike, throw it in there. Right. So this has
1: already paid for itself, and we haven't even heard from Brian yet. Right. Well, yeah. you know, look, I'm, uh, you know, I'm ninety percent sure.
3: Okay. But the second side of this was don't use a real light roast because it just has more yes. of that flavor. So you probably even get it in the cold press. It's
2: acidic. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a, there, and and yeah, the the lighter flavors I think um, don't transfer over as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Hmm, interesting. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. I've actually been curious about this one because I I encounter this a lot, and I'm not always quite sure what to say about feedback other than change your coffee processing I, yeah. habits. But that's not helpful because it's <laughs> completely unspecific.
2: Yeah, I guarantee you that if you talk to the people every time you get it, they will say I put the solids in the beer somewhere,
3: or, or they use a real light roast.
2: Yeah, but more I I, more I think it's I think it's more often the solids.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll see. I'll have to go back and read some of the stuff over. I think some of them weren't doing that, but yeah. Do it. All right. Let's
2: pin it down. I'm pin interested. Like a bug. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a fly on the wall.
3: Okay. Anyways, in the end, I thought it was a nice beer. The pepper was kind of the pepper and green pepper was kind of off off putting, and the, a little bit of that astringency wasn't quite what I wanted, and I wasn't quite sure what kind of a stout it was. I gave it a 31. Um, I could see scoring it a bit higher if I had known it was an imperial oatmeal stout. Because it actually would fit that pretty well, but uh, this is actually a pretty decent beer, and I really enjoy the kind of interplay of flavors from yeah. all these these interesting additions that you put in there. It's just that 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 peppery thing was kind of off-putting to me.
2: So, do you get hot pepper when you do that too? No, green no. Okay. like the green bell pepper is what I always get yeah. out of it.
5: Yeah, that's that's the flavor I get too. But yeah, we're putting laser focus in on this this peppery thing, and that's it's a it's a minor element of the beer. It's it's you know kind of medium light in the aroma and and it's it's in the flavor um but there's a lot else going on with this beer as as Lee did to talk about. I'm happy to sit this out because he did describe the beer very well. <laughs> I can just shut up and say Sure, just run yeah. Yeah, I agree with Lee. There you go. But yeah, I got uh, you know moderate roast roastiness coffee up up front with with that medium light peppery note in there. Um it it did have a a nice vanilla shining through there too and you could definitely get some of the um the barrel character um and I did get a hint of the maple and it's it's a sweet smelling beer um the aroma was pretty inviting even though the the peppery thing was a little distracting but that mm. had uh you know no no DMS or diastol no bad anything there and it it's got a very low booze element that was uh, that was pretty subtle like the vanilla comes through more strongly than than any kind of bourbon you know um again didn't know what style to judge it as as lee said but uh, we just went generic stout and tried to guess i just kind of looked at the american stout guidelines and went through it that way um it's a pretty beer deep deep black the only faint brown highlights you can pick up if you hold it up to the light um seem pretty clear when you when you look at it that way a fine bubble sticks around pretty well and um yeah nice looking beer Flavor big and sweet. The malt and coffee and cocoa-like notes come through. Um, Pretty smooth out roast character overall. It's either like it tasted to me like it's been aged for a while or, you know, just some of that roast kind of aged out a little bit. It has this kind of tangy, acidic impression to me uh from all the acidic malts in there without that roast to kind of balance it
2: like but, there was ashiness but it's kind of more it's subdued it's ashy faded yeah yeah, okay. yeah
3: it's not a really intense note
5: okay it's like that tangy acid just floats off your tongue and then usually you expect that roast to come through and s- smack it in the face and b- bite it away but it's it just kind of hangs in there a little more acidic flavor uh you know probably the some it's as acidic as it ever was but yeah the uh but it does have a little bit of a kind of a cream like thing, which I thought was pleasant, balancing with that and a low maple note. It's just like there's so many things going on in this beer. It's, <laughs> there's a tiny hint of bourbon in there, but uh, you know. And if you'd overdone that, it probably would have killed the whole thing. What's another um, flavor you could pack
2: into here? I, I don't even think you could. I think it's it has a, a specific capacity for flavor, and that's it.
5: You could Spermint. put hot hot chili peppers in it.
2: Yeah. Yes, but I think a little cinnamon. But I think then you would detract from some of the other yeah. flavors. Like I, I think he's found every flavor that he could cram in here and still have it, still have it uh, segmented out. Maybe some pecans. Out.
5: Yeah, Maybe. yeah. Hey, it's got you know a some little lactose. The aftertaste in this beer is just like it just keeps going. It's like a little muddled with all that's going on in there, but it's it's pretty yeah. rich and it just kind of hangs in there and, yeah. and that, that vanilla kind of sticks with you and you know just keep tasting different things in there. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh body wise it, it seemed, you know, kind of medium full bodied and 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 I thought it was very creamy mouthfeel, medium low carbonation, uh, unlike that one, the one bottle that kind of exploded on us here. That one that one was high carbonation, but this one, then we got another good sample here that that uh Ernie Ernesto Daniel Steve <laughs> brought for us. So, that one didn't uh didn't gush on us. So, and I blame JP for the any bottle handling issues. I think you on should
2: I mean, honestly,
3: because he handled that bottle an awful lot. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In case you missed it, our first bottle of this we opened tonight was a, a pretty good gusher. Yeah. Oh yes, it was the whole thing about the uh, throwing the, the towels about mixing board. the thing, yes. Yeah. Never no. mind. Edit that out. He was yeah. Um,
5: done. Yeah. <laughs> Never <laughs> happened. A sasquatch <laughs> came and handled that beer. We, think <laughs> you, you missed it. Um, anyway, he
3: injected magical CO two in it through the wall of the mm. glass bottle. Yeah.
5: There are there are a lot of good flavors in this in general, and but they're some of them are kind of fighting with each other and um, there's a lot of sweet, cho- you know, chocolatey, coffee-like flavors in there. The roast, I'd like to have a little bit more of that, just have it bump up, and I think it would balance a little bit better. It's gotten yeah. aged out, and if you're going to intend yeah. to age the beer, maybe give it a little bit more of that the darkest malt in there to to keep that edge. And, um, you know, if you're declaring a booze, you uh, 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 in there you do want to taste it maybe a little bit more than it is in there but i wouldn't want want to go too crazy with it just a bit more could make it work better for what's declared but again i would just try yeah just cold extract with the coffee to get less less of that harshness i think that's it peppery character i think it is that'll that'll help a lot how long was the beer aged i gave it a a 32 by the way, 32 okay great okay
1: um bottled it in april it was uh, brewed in December. Uh, went through primary in about two weeks, and then it went into the barrel for 50 days. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and um, and you know I it's was like five months. I yeah now it's about, exactly it's about, about. Yeah.
3: no two and a half month and a half
1: <laughs> in in Almost two. JP time 5 months so. yes. right. um yeah. and you know i, I used a vinnie nail to to taste it every once in a while to see how the uh, the oak character was coming along oh and, the uh, stainless nail yep, kind exactly. of yep exactly how how far from the bottom did you put it two in two thirds there? up okay, um, okay. And uh, you know, note to anybody who's doing that, don't 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 get it right near where the stave meets the other stave. Oh, at the seam there. Yeah, <laughs> I right get it in seam. the center of the of the stave yeah, head. Move yeah. it over a little bit. Um, and so <laughs> right. so bottled in April. Um, okay. A couple other notes though, especially from what Brian said about the roast. One of the things I tried on, and I try. This is one of those things that, as an experiment. Um, it, you know, I tried everything new. I'd, I'd never done any of these things in any other beer before, so it's great to get your feedback. Uh, one of the things I did is I cold-steeped all of my dark grains. Okay. okay. Yeah. So like it, it probably kind of reduced thing? the roast character. Maybe it reduced it too much, too.
5: So you just cold-steeped them and added them after you finished boiling? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't think – I mean, I don't like that ashy characteristic in stouts anyway, so I I personally think it's fine. But, you know, I am yeah. I don't have any taste. A but. little of that
3: works pretty well, I think. I mean, cold steeping can get really good. You can get a very nice character out of it. But sometimes it's hard to get it all out. Mm. You kind of have to sparge through that stuff and, and rinse it all out. Or, um, I mean, I've done that several times with kind of mixed results. Sometimes I get a beer that just didn't have enough. And sometimes I'll just think I'm just not getting enough. The kettle's not dark enough. I'll just throw it in the mash tun and sparge it. I, and at that yeah. point, it's getting all this hot water, but it's kind of transient, and, and who knows what the hell's happening. But well, you should get more color <laughs> and flavor out of it that
5: way. What I would do is instead of cold cold steeping at the end and adding at the end of the boil, you know, you, you if you if you don't if you want to avoid harshness, uh, you know, yeah, you don't have to put it in your whole mash and let it sit there and then sparge it through the end. You can just take take your dark grains and steep it at the very beginning of your boil, so a hot extract and then boil it. I mean, the boiling isn't going to change the character, but you're going to extract more of the the roasty flavors out of the malt in that hot liquid as opposed to cold. So, that's what I would do. Yeah.
3: I think mean, the other thing you could try is maybe shift your balance and use some more a higher percentage of chocolate malt as opposed to straight roast. Mm. And you'll you'll shift your flavor profile that way.
5: I mean, there is plenty of dark malt character in there. It's just it's yeah, more on the chocolatey side and and I don't know how much how much of like black Malts to have in there, like, uh, black so
1: so I used um, yeah, just run six oh, percent. I'll run through the whole grain. Your, bill. You, uh, you know, fifty three percent pale two row, eight uh, percent oats. Um, I I actually twenty two percent was uh, pale extract because I I was brewing a double batch and I was trying to get the uh, the uh, starting gravity up. And then the cold roasted malts, um, I had uh, 6% chocolate, 4.5% roasted barley, 3% Carafa 2, and 2.5% uh, crystal 120.
5: Yeah, that's substantial enough there. What do you think, pretty good?
3: Yeah, good. I mean, if, if it didn't have that pepper flavor, I'd probably have scored this several points higher. I actually really like it, but mm-hmm. that that was just a, kind of a bad off putting thing for me.
1: Well, that's good to know. This is the first time I've worked with coffee, so you know that's a yeah. that's a great thing to to know for the future.
3: Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, this is this is just a suggestion. Since so many of the flavors in here are kind of subtle, you know, the bourbon, the wood, the maple, none of them are, are big punchy in the face flavors, but the coffee is. If you want to redo this, maybe actually, other than just changing how you handle it, reduce the coffee a bit. Make it sort of mm. a, just a, a co-note with those other things. It's yeah. something to think about.
1: Well, actually, I think if I took the coffee out of the boil, I think that might have done it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, you may be going overboard with the coffee, mm-hmm. like the cold press, maybe a double-strength cold press. Cause, hey, I
1: guess thinking about it
2: now, as it sits in my in my face, it's coffee-heavy. I mean, it, it might be too coffee heavy. You, sh- it you should have tasted bit. it three months ago.
3: <laughs> it, 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 I can it, imagine. It, it is a bit heavy, but it's a lot less heavy than most coffee beers. Oh, for sure. A lot of them are just yeah. like, why did you do that? That's too much. Yeah,
2: it's way too much.
3: And here it's just dom- just kind of dominant, but it's actually kind of pleasant. With a somebody, lot of coffee beers I don't yeah. like because they're just too
2: much. Well, and I think those nibs help out a lot. I think they, they help balance that... Uh, acidity of the coffee
1: in general and and kind of yeah they they better those nibs are expensive yeah uh so the the nibs i soaked in vodka Mm -hmm. and then just uh put the whole thing the vodka and and the nibs in a in a bag drank the vodka put the nibs in the kettle right (laughs) put the vodka nibs in the coffee so and and all in the all in the beer all right
2: uh well awesome man thank you very much uh One thing yeah, I want to for say too. Oh uh, yes, go ahead. I think
5: that the creaminess yeah, that I got in the mouthfeel that you know those oats did give it a nice creamy impression. So I would keep those in. That's at a good level there.
1: And I should probably yeah. just commit to calling it an oatmeal yes. stout. Yes. yes. Yeah. Commit to something. Yeah. yeah. It's
3: just a beer. See, there you go. You don't have to pay. It's alimony. just a beer. There's no <laughs> alimony here.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Do you have any more questions for the guys or that's pretty much? uh, That answers everything. Thanks a lot, guys. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks again, man, for for bringing your beer and coming in and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We're going to take a break and then we come back. We're going to talk to uh, Peter Munoz about this wonderful peach sour uh, beer back after this.
0: Craft beer and kick ass music. This is the year to attend the 20th annual Mammoth Festival of Beers and Blues-a-Palooza in beautiful Mammoth Lakes, California. Enjoy more than 80 breweries like Mammoth Brewing, Anchor, Fireman's, Bear Republic, Anderson Valley, Stone, Green Flash, Firestone Walker, Sierra Nevada, Laganitas, The Chutes, and many, many more. On stage, you'll hear Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue, Johnny Lang, Robert Cray, Robin Ford, Ruthie Foster, Carolyn Wonderland, Tommy Castro, and the Paint. Killers, the Sly Brothers, and much more. It's the most incredible lineup ever to take a Mammoth stage. Don't miss the 20th Annual Mammoth Festival of Beers and Blues-A-Palooza, Thursday, July 30th through Sunday, August 2nd. Tickets and more information at mammothbluesbrewsfest.com or call 888-825-5484. Tickets for some events will sell out early. Get yours at mammothbluesbrewsfest.com or call 888-825-5484 today. Know the three most important rules in brewing: sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment, and Five Star knows how to clean too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, Star Sand, Santa treatment today. High Gravity Home Brewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose, more efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High gravity can customize your system to fit your needs high gravity invites you to visit their build your own brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric and high gravity offers 799 flat rate shipping on most of their products www.highgravitybrew.com high gravity keep it electric keep it simple visit highgravitybrew.com Admitted. it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand-new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the Internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes. With the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. Every time Ninkasi Award winner and Grand Master Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes exploring styles and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern Homebrew Recipes, Exploring Styles and Contemporary Techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you.
2: I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're gonna have to
0: pour you out. Back
2: to Doctor Homebrew. All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. We're on the uh, the back 30. end of this thing. Yeah, hmm. it's six thirty in the morning, according to Peter. He has now, no idea where we are. We've
3: gone up. We're coming down.
2: For sure. Uh, Peter. Yes. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. Thanks. Uh, tell me about this beer.
6: Okay, so this beer is, uh, I actually started it in on uh, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. actually day after. We had a little get-together with some friends, and of course, had some sour beers, and, and um, of those, the sour beers we had, I kept uh, the dregs of a Canteon and a Russian River. I don't recall which... Uh, Russian river it was, but okay. it was one of their bread beers. And, one of the uh, good ones. One of the good ones. It yeah. tasted good. Okay. It was clean. And same same thing with the, the Cantillon. It was actually fairly fresh. And so what I did is I took the... <laughs> a fresh lambic? Eh,
2: eh, as yeah.
6: eh, Fresh as you can get. And uh, took it home. Or took the dregs home. Poured it into a uh, about a 100 milliliter starter and grew, st- slowly grew that up over about a month. And then added that to a, about, I think the starting gravity was about ten fifty, wheat pale malt, um, your you know sixty forty blend, nothing really fancy, okay. just
2: a standard lambic,
6: standard actually standard wheat beer, wheat beer okay, um, okay. with a pretty
3: similar to, a, to what you do for lambic,
6: yeah, yeah. Was, was that the with, same with thing? for lambic without okay. the funky um, mashing, okay, about five IBUs, just you know just whatever hops I had at the time, and I of course I added the the, the culture I was growing. And after probably about uh, three months, the krausen had died away. It was good to go. Tasted it; it was just a straight lactic sour. That's what I got out of it.
2: Okay, so you didn't have any like uh, ale yeast or anything. No, it's Just a straight culture. Just the culture. And it it formed the the pellicle, or did it krausen? No,
6: it just, yeah. It had like a really creamy krausen, huh. not like your standard uh, bubbly type. It was just more like a thick. Meringue. Hmm. Uh, okay. okay. A
5: cross between a and a pellicle kind yes. of maybe.
6: Kind of sort of. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, huh. but it dropped. So, uh, and at that time I had a, another Belgian blonde going. It had 10 gallons of that. So I, you know, of course I was, as I was transferring things around, I split five gallons into two carboys and then I racked uh, what I had from that sour onto that. And in one of the carboys, I added three, I think it's about three pounds of peach puree that I had purchased at a local homebrew shop in Dublin, California.
5: <laughs> called Hoptech? Yeah.
6: Called Hoptech. There you go. And, um, and that's. Just peach puree, that's this it. Just peach puree. It okay. sat on the peaches for about three months. And I racked it into a carboy, I'm sorry, a keg uh, last week. And this is it. This is it. it. Tastes great, man. So this is actually. So I started this. Yeah,
2: uh, the aroma smells like uh, peach skin. If that makes sense to a, anybody and it, at and it, all, and, and, and it doesn't smell like a peach juice like t- or whatever, I, but like the skin of a juice, the skin of a peach, which I uh, find rather pleasant actually.
6: And, it, uh, and what's and like I said I started this in January, and yeah, we're in July, and I don't think it has the complexity of a traditional you know lambic or uh some of the other commercial sours but it's it's pleasant it's it has it's nice and tart it's it has yeah, plenty of peach flavor uh and i actually have another five gallons of the straight lambic i'm not quite sure what to do with it yet
2: mm. you're not sure this has com- the complete what guys what do you think is peter high
3: or- i think i am that's that's a separate <laughs> question is he high or is he right
2: I don't know. I, I, to me, I thought they were t- the same question. But he doesn't uh,
3: look that high. No, well, it's hard but to tell. I'm t- tired. He feels he's tired. Yeah. it's been a long day. I, I would say Is he's he right. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's just a very pleasant sour. Yeah. Um, I would kind of call it, like, along the lines of what he's saying, kind of a simple sour. It doesn't have a okay. lot of Brett. It's got maybe a touch of some woolly animal Brett character, but not much. Okay. It's mostly the peach, and you were right on in what you said about being kind of as much the, the peach rind, kind of a peach fuzz flavor, yeah. as anything about the flesh of the fruit. It smells It's got great. a pretty clean lactic sour. It's very nice. It, it, it's kind of... You know, it's halfway between a lambic and a Berliner so It just doesn't have that kind of complexity okay. that you would get in a real goose or lambic, or, this, or what I'd expect. No, I would you know, get
6: that uh, Brett complexity from just age, maybe, or adding some more other type of simple starches to continue the process.
3: Yeah, you might get more of it over time.
6: And uh, but actually, I and I had intended on bringing this to a possible event in september but i'm not quite sure yet okay and that's actually why i brought it because there's an event happening i wanted to go to one and that isn't NCHF. one that isn't nchf <laughs> and i heard it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay it's time on
2: my wedding everybody yes, wedding. Yeah. his wedding
6: I wanted to bring something oh, nice. You're the culprit.
2: <laughs> I'm the I'm the, yeah, I'm the jerk. But I
6: wanted to bring something nice to your wedding. Yeah. You know that you would actually enjoy. Oh. No. So I was hoping, I was hoping you, if you did enjoy this, I was going to bring it. If not, I was probably going to you
2: know. um, just bring money. <clears throat> no. I like drinking money. A no, lot.
6: I'd bring this beer. JJP was JP, waxed, course, very right? enthusiastic over this. Over I like there. it.
3: I think it's great. Okay. Cool. I'll bring yeah. Yeah. it, and it'll
2: match with the wedding. the beer I'm blending at the Rare barrel. So you nice. know. We can uh, do know. a side-by-side and see yeah. which one's better.
3: No, it's a good beer. I gave, yeah, it, actually, I gave it a 25.
6: 25? That's... No. <laughs> I, and actually, when <laughs> I went enough for Jake. He was going to take really? that 25 uh, like I'm a fucking that. champ. <laughs> he was going to take it like a man. Hey, man I'm going to get some grog tag out of this. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> at least that's something. Uh, no, I think I gave I gave it like a 35. I thought it was pretty good. Simple, but uh, very pleasant. Very, very nice drinking beer.
6: And, actually, the uh, last time I judged... Uh, thinking back to, to the notes that I had of what I was judging, I mean, this was right in there. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, mine was ready to go. But when I finally started tasting it, it was, wow, I think it's um, coming along nicely. And it, yeah, definitely. It hey, you know, not as funky or as the, the – didn't have the baby diaper or the – and i was and I was actually okay with that it, it's not yeah. as complex well you but need to
3: have this ready too quick to go through that whole pdo thing that that can take a mm. year or two to work out, and that's not going to make it for this for this fall September event I, um, I it much. might be
6: in transition it, I'm not it, quite if, sure. if it goes there,
3: you might be in trouble yeah it's a little, it's a little sweet, but that'll dry out over time. I mean, it might be worth bottling a half case of this it might make a great lasting yep. gift that could be open on anniversaries down the road or so
6: yeah. <laughs> Or when he's at the hospital delivering his baby. Shut kind of up. That is so rude. I yeah, would never be, do that. your friends would rather
3: have this pass out than a cigar. Oh, yeah. God. I think it'd be awesome.
0: Forget that. If, it'd if
2: be that, baby beer. If, if that happens, I'm passing out the baby.
3: I'll take it. Okay.
6: We'll raise it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Little white ones. Sorry, Carolyn. Here you go. So the, Farm it
3: along with the rest of them.
5: The things I find about this beer... Is uh, in the aroma, it, it does, it's just a bright lactic sour aroma and a medium peach hiding under that. And, uh, you know, um, it does have a little bit of a kind of a grainy impression and a little bit of kind of yeastiness to it. It just smells a little young and not unfinished, but like something that needs to age a little bit more. So, and in the flavor, again, sharp, bright, fruity, mm. uh you know, it's got it's got citrus fruit in it, so it's got like kind of a citric acid impression along with the lactic. Uh, there's you know, there's no real acetic or Brett character coming through. It is kind of simple, but it's really enjoyable to drink. So, I, I it, it's fairly it's fresh tasting, but it's still sour enough where you give this to me. Yeah, it's a sour. It's it's at the right level of acidity. It could go a little more sour than this and get get a little happier in a couple of months, and you know, then I'll be kicking myself for for not being invited to jp's wedding
2: <laughs> <laughs> um look you guys can come if you want all right okay i figure you're going to be homebrewing up at de- s- nchf we or have whatever to skip
5: nchf to do it
6: now right now i have this in cold storage or in my keg rater. okay uh would it be better if i pulled it out and just let it sit warm because it does get pretty warm in the valley
5: yeah it's in a keg though it's right in a keg, yes. so yeah
6: i'm not worried about it getting uh you know, contaminated so, from outside. Yeah, and it it might, is under it might form, CO2.
5: form another pellicle in there, and get you know, you might haze it up a little more or something too. I don't know. I I tend to once I keg a sour, just leave it in the in the kegerator myself. But I, I think it's was, gonna, that was
6: actually my only question yeah. is should I leave it in there or pull it out and let it warm condition? So I I,
3: I yeah. mean, if you could store this between like. 50 and 60, maybe 65. Uh I think that might be a good idea. Give it a little time to develop a little more complexity. It'd probably chip away at some of the sugar. Uh, Not that it's that sweet, but it would dry it out a bit. If you're talking daytime Central Valley temperatures... No. Your garage? Yes. No way. You toast this. You toast okay, this okay. like that, a bug on a windshield. I, I'm really yeah. better off just yeah. leaving it where at. 90 degrees, that. 104, okay. yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, no. Yeah, no.
5: either put it in a good fermentation chamber if you have one with room for something else or just, yeah, just leave it in the fridge. It should be fine. It'll it'll improve. I, I
3: got space for it if you need it. Yeah.
5: No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Keep it an nice and cool. I got plenty of room. Lee's got lots of, yeah, 50 <laughs> yeah. degrees space in his house there.
3: Yeah,
2: in six months, people are like, hey, can I get that boot?
5: Yeah.
6: I mean, yeah, don't give me a tap line. Well, I can't tap it. I just... Might have yeah. I think also oh, I have this there 51. was this heat wave and yeah. it turned so. This heat I got wave right in for Alameda? Yeah. Yes,
2: I got trapped in my closet.
5: I couldn't get out, and I had to drink something. Yeah. One Who thing is you, the Art that's
2: Telly? the other
3: show, JP.
5: <laughs> One thing you could do is open up your keg and, and throw a little bit of oak in there. You that might help oak? give it a little complexity. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I thought it had a tiny hint of like a little bit of solvent. It's not harsh, but it's just a little bit of like. Uh, that kind of solventy note, not, you know, not bad at all, but just like higher alcohol solvents. And I think the wood can kind of help, you know, get rid of some of that too. And, and I, I, have I have a barrel you can put it in, in over it. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> make it taste mapley and stout-like.
6: Yeah. Know, yes, ooh, maple peach. Yeah, sit around okay.
5: those nibs that are still in there. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's, <laughs> be good. it's good as it is. I can drink it just like this, or you could play with it a little bit, but I wouldn't go too far. I wouldn't go too crazy.
2: Yeah, I uh, think it's great.
5: Tiny bit of oak, or maybe yeah. warm conditioning for a little, little bit. But yeah.
2: well, thanks, Peter. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you brought this. It was a totally unexpected thing, but uh, it tasted you. good. And it, you know, it for for me, it's it, and probably most other homebirds, it's it's tough to figure out how to do that. But it sounds like it was relatively simple. Yes, it, really. and I mean, and
6: and uh, I and again, I watched. On other forms, especially all the, the sour forms, and I see these big pellicles forming and i never, I never got that and uh, so
2: you don 't need to get that necessarily I don't apparently think so. right
6: I had it of course had an airlock on it, I made sure it was, i did it topped up I have it rot, uh, out of the sunlight, so it 's not getting you know it's mm-hmm. in a nice fairly uh, moderate temperature, and um, yeah, it never developed a major pellicle or anything and I don't, I don't know why. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. And, and again, once I tasted it and um, what, I was, what I was looking, and, and I think the pellicle forms mostly when there's uh, oxygen present. And I did make sure every mm. time I opened it, I purged with a little bit of CO2 to try to, to keep that as low as possible.
3: Okay. And right. um,
6: so just very little oxygen content.
3: It's also possible that whatever came out of those bottle drags may or may not have had very much active PDO in it when you grew it up.
6: Um, at and, one point, when the starter was going, mm-hmm. it did become ropey. In the starter itself. In the starter. So there was oh, some. Wow. Okay. So there is some. Well, you let this stuff sit at the right temperature
3: for a year, you might get that pellicle.
6: And that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm, I'm Just really hoping time it time for fall. Uh, yeah, by fall, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. In nine months.
5: You're a
3: piece of shit,
2: Peter.
5: Give him enough rope. <laughs>
6: uh, all right. You know what?
2: That's it, Peter. You're out of here. We're out of here. We're both out of here. The, the other funny thing we're is, done. though,
5: here at the Hop Grenade, they're also pouring the uh, New Belgium Eric's Ale. Oh, which yeah. Is a, yeah. A sour peach yeah. ale. So we're doing it kind of side by side with this here, and it's kind of fun. I, you know, I'm enjoying Peter's beer here. I like it. I like oh, it a lot. Who, who wins, though? Um, that's a good question. Who wins? Who wins? And who loses? Let, but I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to let Lee do let it because do you, you don't understand. All right. Well, <laughs> still figuring this out after, yeah. you know, two it's years. math thing. It's I, I
3: scored the Sour with Peaches higher and the um, Multiplex Stout a little bit lower.
2: Okay. So then uh, that means, Ernie, you win the Grog Tag $40, at least your beer will look good gift certificate. <laughs> Both of our <laughs> in-studio people have done that. And uh, Yes, that's correct. And then, uh, Peter, that means you get the, uh, the lovely gift from High Gravity Homebrew. All right. You go to highgravitybrew.com and check out what they have, ingredient kits, uh, you know, uh, equipment, uh, all that kind of stuff. They, they are actually a great source for all those electric brewing system stuff that you guys have been seeing online. So uh, anyway, check them out. And uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for coming in. And uh, Brian and Lee, thank you very much as well. We suck. Uh, that's
3: right. Speak for yourself.
2: Uh, don't forget to check out our other shows like <laughs> The Session, of course, and Per Strong, and uh, all those other fun things that uh, nobody really knows about. Uh, oops, I lost my music. Uh, anyway, next time, <laughs> uh, until next time, everyone.
5: Um, bye. Bye. No, we're, we're awesome. I changed my mind.